morning, Central Wesleyan. Hey, let's thank Nate and the worship team again for leading us in worship today. Good job, guys. It's a privilege for me to be here this morning to preach to you. It's been a while since I've got to be here. This is my home. Of course, a uh, privilege of pastoring here many years and seeing so many of you this morning is, is a great joy for me uh, to be here. I'm, I'm older now. I've got grandkids. This is my little granddaughter down here, Naya. She's going to be walking around during the service. Don't mind her. She's got freedom when Grandpa preaches, so it's great. <laughs> It's good to be able to be here and share with you today. I want to thank Pastor Craig for that opportunity. And I was thinking before his first service, um, I pray on Tuesday morning here with a group of men when I'm in town. Anybody wants to come, 6 o'clock, we just pray right over here. And I remember about two years ago, Don Vandenbrink, uh, one of the board members here, took one of those chairs up in the choir, choir there and set it over there. And we begin to pray that the Lord, as many of you did, would fill that seat with a family that could come here and minister and, and feel a tough spot. And the Lord brought Pastor Craig and his family, and he's teaching a class right now. Uh, I've had the privilege of, of having lunch with him a couple of times. I really love to go to lunch with him. He pays, and it's so fun to go with him and just to hang out with him and, and be with him and see his vision for this church, but also his vision for the world. And so I'm just grateful the Lord brought him and his family here, and I'd just like to express that thanks to the Lord for that. Also, uh, I don't know about you, but I, I was sure shocked at the results of this week. I was not expecting Michigan to lose last night. That was a big deal. And, uh, of course, it's been a challenging week for us as a nation, and, and uh, we continue to pray and ask the Lord to direct us to serve Him in all that we do. And I get the privilege this morning of joining Pastor Craig in this series called On the Stump, uh, talking about Jesus and Him taking His message out into the society and how that message made a difference. Jane and I have had the privilege, uh, sometimes with my son Alan as well, who, who speaks with me, of traveling around the nation in the last few weeks, literally all across the nation. And I want you to know um, that the Lord is doing great stuff across this nation and around our world. We have seen people coming to know the Lord. Uh, so many of you, Pastor Craig was the first pastor in town to come to me when I talked about this vision of, of wake up and this revival. I felt the Lord laid on my heart. We had 600 people come to know the Lord uh, during those four days at, this, at the uh, Hope, uh, Hope College DeVos uh, Field House. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful how God used that, especially to reach into the Spanish community and we continue to bridge some gaps there and open some doors into that neighborhood. And so I just continue to praise the Lord for using us to reach those who, uh, who have felt neglected and felt unloved. And God is using our ministry to do that. And I thank you for partnering with us to do that. And recently, I, I wanted you to know this too. A, a few weeks back, I preached in Mississippi, uh, Madison, Mississippi, a church called Broadmoor Baptist, a church a lot like Central Wesleyan. Uh, my pastor friend there, his name is Rob Futrell, and he called me uh, last minute kind of thing. Dan, can you come cover a Sunday morning? And I'm like, dude, you got a large church. You don't, you don't do things last minute. You know, it's usually well planned. And so I said, what's going on? He said, well, I have a pastor friend in South Korea, and he's calling me. He says he needs help. Revival is broken out in South Korea, and not hundreds, not thousands, but literally tens of thousands of people are coming to know the Lord. And he said, they're calling and asking me to come over there because people are wanting to be baptized. And that revival hit into the military there. 
And there were about 5,000 men who got saved on one weekend, and they wanted to be baptized at the same time. So my friend flew over to be part of it. He texted me this picture on Sunday morning while I was preaching at his church. Look at this picture. He sent me this picture. Uh, the, the banner up there reads, Korean Army Training Center Baptism Service. All those guys you see up on the top in the green are part of the military. All the guys in white down here are pastors. Some flown in from the States. And they did one big baptism service there. So God is at work. God is alive uh, all around the world. And you don't see that in the news, so I thought it would be important. I know Pastor Micah here tells you a lot of what God's doing around the world, but I wanted to tell you it's really happening, and it's awesome. And we, we celebrate what God is doing. And I have the privilege this morning of asking that same Holy Spirit that spoke to these men to speak to us. So what I want you to do this morning is just open your heart to this idea of what would God say to me today. And Pastor Craig asked me to join him in this series called On the Stump. And it comes from the idea that Jesus, in the first recorded large message he gave, we call it the Sermon on the Mount. In that passage, in the book of Matthew, uh, Pastor Craig opened it up last week, Jesus begins to teach and probably might have even stood on a stump when he was teaching in that day. And Jesus, as you know, when he started teaching in the book of Matthew, as we have it recorded in the Sermon on the Mount, began with the Beatitudes. And many of us know the Beatitudes. They are blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Some of you probably have memorized this. This is a well-known passage we call the Beatitudes. Some of you have it on a placard in your home. You maybe have painted it on a board and, and stuck it in your house. And I... When I'm going to preach from a passage like Pastor Craig has given me, I read it over and over and over and over. And i got to show you that when I read it over and over and over, something came to me in this passage I've never seen before. I know the Beatitudes. I've preached from the Beatitudes. I've studied the Beatitudes. I know they're from Jesus. I know they're from his first great sermon. But I got down to that last verse, 10, and it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus knew his life was going to be persecution because he didn't find himself saying, I'm going to go with whatever the hot group is of the day and whatever the society kind of deems as this is the right call for right now. Jesus rose above that and said, I don't subscribe to follow all the man-made things that we vote on or don't vote on. Jesus, of course, taught us to follow the law, absolutely, but his life superseded that. Jesus rose above the political fray and said, I am here to bring the message of God Almighty, which is a message for our entire globe. And he said, if you follow after me, if you do what I ask you to do, you're going to be persecuted. And he goes on to say, blessed are you when people insult you. We don't think of that. If somebody comes up and puts you down, you don't go, well, thank you for blessing me. You know, blessing. And Jesus said, blessed are you when you're persecuted. And people say all kind of false things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, not on earth. 
Jesus, in his first message, said, y'all ain't living for earth. You're living for heaven. Your rewards are there. Rejoice and be glad. Great is your reward in heaven. Watch this. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I had never thought about this. I know it's true. I'm sure I knew it in the back of my head. But there was a thought that came to me working on this message I've never thought about before. The stories I tell when I stand up and preach about the prophets and the great saints of old, when I tell you about them and their lives, etc., I'm thinking, oh, this is cool. I get to share this message. I, I never really thought about the fact that Jesus did that too. He, he refers to them as the reason he can go on and do what he does is because he watched the saints of old do the same thing. These people who were prophets and people who were announcers of the good news of God that were insulted and put down, Jesus said, they've been doing this for eons, man. They're going to do it to me too, but they've been doing it to the people before me, and they're going to be doing it again in 2016. And this morning, I'm going to tell you a story. I actually, as I thought about it, I wondered how many times Jesus told this story. Because I think he would have told it. I think he would have sat with a group of people a lot like this and shared about a man named Daniel who was insulted and ridiculed. And he stood for God. Stories in Daniel chapter 2 and 3, if you want to follow along, you can. I'm, I'm just going to tell it to you because in Daniel chapter 2, this king, his name was King Nebuchadnezzar. I just showed you a picture of revival in South Korea. Well, in North Korea, currently, there is a leader who was a lot like King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar was large and in charge. And he decided what he wanted to do, and nobody told him anything. In fact, in the book of Daniel chapter 2, he has a dream. And his dream is amazing in his mind, but he can't remember it, and he doesn't know what it means. Daniel stepped in when King Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm going to kill all my astrologers and all the soothsayers if you can't tell me what the dream means. And they couldn't come up with it. And so Daniel said, King, can I have a shot at this? So he went and he prayed. And he asked God to interpret it. And God gave him vision of what it meant. And Daniel said to King Nebuchadnezzar, listen, King Nebuchadnezzar was it. We have just elected a new president in the United States of America. When you get this position, as we referred to President Obama, now we will refer to President Trump as having the most powerful position in the world. That's what it's called. When you're the president of the United States, it's called the most powerful position in the world. King Nebuchadnezzar, back in the day I'm telling you about, was that guy. There was no social media to spread the word that he was. But if you read the passage, he was the king of Babylon. He had all power. He controlled everyone. People paid attention to him. And when he said it, it got done. And he had a dream. And Daniel told him, King Nebuchadnezzar, I can tell you what it means. He said, you had a dream, and you saw this huge statue, and the head was made out of gold. And he said, you, O king, are the head of gold. If you read in the Bible, Daniel said to him, just so you know, King Nebuchadnezzar, who was not a follower of God Almighty, he had gods, but not the one true God. Daniel said to him, just so you know, God has given you this amazing power over the earth. Well, when Daniel told King Nebuchadnezzar that, it went to his head. 
And he decided in honor of himself, he would build a statue 90 feet high and nine feet wide and make it out of gold. So uh, get a picture of this this morning. The statue would have been about from the floor to the ceiling twice. That's about 45 or so feet. Twice that high. And he put it in the plains of Dura. There's a picture of plains of Dura coming up on your screen. I want you to see the significance of that. That's currently what it looks like. Now you think about if you stuck a 90-foot statue, okay, out of solid gold in a place where the sun mostly shines, it would stand out. You wouldn't walk down the, you know, the side of the road and go, did you notice something? I mean, it's there. Because <laughs> this king was honoring himself. Man likes power. Man still likes to be in charge. Same as in that day. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, this statue, and basically in honor of me, I'm going to set aside a day this year, and when I set aside that day, and we all come together, we're going to worship the statue, and we're going to make the scene like it's right here today. So we're going to make this the stage where King Nebuchadnezzar is going to come out, and he said, he said I'm going to bring out my choir, if you will, and, and when the band plays, and when, when the music begins, all of you have been brought in, and the words there are perfects and satraps, and all the leaders, what that means is governors, mayors, leaders, tax assessors, all y'all are coming together from the region and this great king of Babylon, we're going to basically worship me. And what I'm going to do is, I'm going to ask you and invite you to this special day. And when the horn blows, doo, 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 and the music begins, all of you will bow down and worship me. And if you don't, he said, if you don't, I'm going to throw you into um, the fiery furnace. We have a Nice sample of that here. We're going to imagine that's some leaping fire right there. Um, the, the furnace that would have been used here was some that must have been built up into a side of something because you'll see later in the story they look into it. You would not have been able to, as the normal furnaces would have been, you, you would have had this flat dugout area and then you would throw the people into the flame over that but in this case obviously Nebuchadnezzar looks into it so I think it must have been a little more up on a side so you could see in and you'll see why as we go into the story Nebuchadnezzar said oh y'all gonna worship and when I blow the horn you're gonna bow down and worship me or otherwise you're going in there well the horn blew what are we gonna do of course we're gonna worship do what the king said he's in charge and you guys understand it's a kingdom. It's not a democracy like we have in America where we vote. This is a kingdom. No one questions the king. No one challenges him because he can kill you instantly and no one cares. It's what he says. So the trumpet blew and the Bible says the people bowed down and worshiped. Everyone bowed down. Oh, well, everyone except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Three Hebrew boys who had been brought as slaves to serve this king. He had captured them when he had gone to the Israelite area. And, and just like in our day, we have ISIS that does the cages and burns humans alive. We're repeating this story in our society. 
And when we look back at his life, he did the same thing as ISIS did. He went and overtook these different nations and different villages, and he plucked from among them the young men. Why? Because old men like me just kill them because they've already kind of decided what they're going to believe. If somebody came to me today and said, hey, we're going to retrain you to worship the way ISIS worships, I would go, you might as well kill me. I'm not going to do it. But young children and young boys can have their brain reprogrammed. They're not too old. They're not stuck in their ways. And King Nebuchadnezzar had plucked these young boys. Scholars believe these boys in this story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, the, the Bible story here, um, scholars believe these kids were probably 13, 14, 15. Some believe 12. Young men. And they did not bow down and worship the golden statue. And those astrologers who just a, a couple of minutes before weeks before, days before, but just before had been spared because Daniel interpreted the dream and Nebuchadnezzar didn't kill them all. Those astrologers went to King Nebuchadnezzar and said, "Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, can we ask you a question? Yes, you may. Um, Didn't you say that when the uh, trumpet blew and, and the music played, didn't you say that everyone had to worship? Yes, I did. Well, there's these three boys... And they didn't do it. Why, why do we like to tattletale? What is it about us? We just can't let stuff go. We, we got to create drama. We got to bring up something. They, they just had their lives spared and now they're going after someone else. It's just us, isn't it? Human, does humanity ever change? Do we ever learn anything? Because see, Jesus, when he was on the stump in the Beatitudes, he was saying to all of us, you, you got to love from the inside out. You got, you got, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who help the poor. Blessed are those who help the needy. Blessed are those who righteously seek me. It's from in here. Jesus was saying in here. And watch this story. Everything's on the outside. Why, how can I look good? How can I burn people? How can I get what I want? Totally the opposite of Jesus on the stump his whole life. And Jesus, that's why he put in the very last part of this little passage, y'all going to be treated just like the prophets of old. And so King Nebuchadnezzar was angry, and he said, go get those boys. And so they scurried and got them and brought them. Now here's where I want to put you in the story. You be the audience that day, okay? You be the prefects, the satraps. You, be the, you are the leaders, okay? And you're standing here. Here's the most powerful man in the world. He can do whatever he wants and no one can touch him. And these three boys. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I shared in first service. I could never get those names memorized when I was a little boy. My mom was my Sunday school teacher. And she would try to teach me those names and I couldn't get them. So one day she said, okay, Dan, at least I'm going to help you try to understand what it would sound like. She said, we're going to name them my shack, your shack, and a billy goat. That's how she started saying it. And I, somehow that started catching with me. So if I say my shack, your shack, just know I'm referring to them. And he looked at those three boys and he said to Y'all know I'm the most powerful man in the world, right? Yes, sir. Well, boys, word got to me, and it's got to be wrong. I heard 
that since I've captured and brought you here, that when I blew the horn and when the music blared, I heard you boys did not bow down. So I'm going to give you another. I'm just a fair dude. I'm going to give you another chance. So this time, when the music blares and when the sound's going off, if you will bow down and worship the golden statue, then you will live. But if you don't, I'm going to throw you three boys into that furnace, and you know what's going to happen there. Now, uh, yeah, can y'all picture this? Can, can you imagine if you were really in the scene that day and you were watching this happen? Can, can you put yourself here? If you're here and you're a teenager, can you jump in here with me and imagine you're standing three young boys dressed in your turbans and your robes, the Israelite wear, looking at a king who just told you, if you don't listen to me, you're going down. And so you understand and appreciate these young boys. I'm going to read to you what Shadrach of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his name is listed first. I believe he would have been the one to speak back to the king. What Shadrach said to King Nebuchadnezzar. I'm just going to read it. Y'all get the part in the story, right? You know what just happened. He just said, you're going down if you don't bow down. And this is what the young man said. Thirteen! Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into your blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. He will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, still was respectful, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Now, now, you're in the audience and he just said that. Come on. You know you're nudging your buddy going, uh-oh. I mean, do you guys, un- would you have said that? Jesus probably referred to these three boys as he grew up going, I want to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because someday I'm going to have to stand toe-to-toe with Satan and say, I'm going to die for them all. And and I'm going to have to be willing to stand toe-to-toe. And and my statement for you is when you follow Jesus, there may come a day you have to stand um, toe-to-toe with someone who says you must submit to their authority that is against God's word. And you have to say, not gonna. And the Bible, y'all get how humiliated this king, this king who had all power just had in his mind, three little punk boys say this to him. No, nobody out here speaks. His soldiers don't speak to him this way. And these little three little kids just said to him, um, not going to do it, man. And King Nebuchadnezzar's reaction was, seven times, heated up, seven times. And everybody there got exactly what it, they knew what he meant when he yelled that. He wasn't just saying, I want to heat it up seven times. He knew that was God's number. He knew those were Israelite boys. He knew that that number meant completion. He knew that that number meant perfection and completion and fully following God Almighty. He knew it was a number God had used. 
And so since he put himself in the God spot, he stole it. Let me just remind all of us, be careful in life because sometimes, no matter your age, you're here and you're 14 or you're 20 or you're 30 or you're 50. Sometimes you can sneak yourself, because you think you know a lot, you can sneak yourself into the God spot. And when you get there, you do foolish things. Seven times! So they began to heat it up. Now you got to get this. Um, if you're in the audience that day and you're dad, because the soldiers here would have been strong male soldiers. And King Nebuchadnezzar called his strongest to come tie these boys up with their uniforms on. And it was partly because that uniform represented Israel and he wanted to bind up everything about them because they're about to pay the ultimate price. If your dad was the binder, was the one who did this, you need to know you're sitting in the audience going, oh no, dad won't survive this because the other men who have ever had to do this in the past they don't survive the flames just throwing them in. So just think of the mourning and the hurting. But you see, when people in charge don't follow after God, listen to me, when people in charge don't follow after God, the people hurt and perish. We need godly leaders. We need people who seek God Almighty. And Nebuchadnezzar tied those boys up. And he yelled, take them and drop them in. And those powerful men, probably soldiers, I'm guessing a 14-year-old boy, shoot. I think they could have tucked them under their arms once they were tied up. These are powerful men. And they carry them over. These men know what's about to happen to them, but they don't have a choice. Either they do it or they get thrown in. And they go up and the Bible says they toss the boys into the fire. And because the flames were so overwhelming... The men died. It just, to, me it's, to me, it's what we're watching ISIS do, burning people alive. 19 young girls burned alive in a cage because they wouldn't do. It's, why does society just repeats itself? And then the moment that would have been stunning if you would have been in the audience, all of a sudden the king turns and says, Hang on a second. Didn't we throw Thor, th didn't we throw th th three guys in there? I'm, I think I, I, I don't even know what I'm saying. I think I see four. He would have turned to someone in the audience. Probably, Do y'all see four? And if you're sitting, I see, I see whatever you see, sir. Yes, sir, I see four. Because <laughs> you ain't going to question him because you're going in if you do. And you're spellbound too. You're going, I do. And, he goes, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Maybe, maybe Jesus on the stump before he was even here. You think maybe Jesus was in that little cage talking to those boys saying, hey boys, thanks for standing for God Almighty. And, 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 then, and then the Bible says that King Nebuchadnezzar said, come out here a second, I need to talk to you boys. Now, this, this next thing that I'm going to tell you is not in the Bible. This is Dan making something up. <laughs> Do y'all remember being a teenager? 
that, that age, and you're, imagine you're in there walking around, tossing fire to each other, having fun, talking to the Son of God. I mean, you're in there. I mean, let, let's all be honest. You remember being 14, and, and you've won? You say, those boys, no, see, I think sometimes we read these stories, again, I've told this before, we put, we make them robots, the three boys marched in, they stood before, shoot, no, I think they were teenagers, I think they're in that fire going, watch this, can't touch this, I mean, why are they throwing fire around, well, I'm walking in fire, baby, and then they're like, do y'all hear somebody yelling, is that old Nebby out there yelling, I think it is, he's wanting us to come out, let's just stay in here a little longer. This is pretty fun. I got one more marshmallow. I, I think they would have had fun. They're teenagers. And then when they did come out, can you imagine three boys walking out of those flames? Come here! They come walking back in front of the audience. Does the audience start going, I don't know. I mean, are they freaking out like, yo, yo, way to go, fellas? Probably not because he's looking. You don't know what he thinks yet, so you're watching. And Nebuchadnezzar was a little fickle. He was a little all over the place. So you didn't know what was going to happen. But I, I picture these boys walking out, and the Bible says their clothes were not burned. Their hair was not singed. There was no smell of smoke on them. What? Have you ever been to a bonfire? You come home from, when Jane and I come home from a campfire, bonfire or something, you know, if I say, hey, I, I shower, I got to get that. And Jane, I'm going to go to bed like this. No, you're not. I can't sleep laying next to no smoldering boulder. You can't sleep smelling that. You got to get that smoke off. I mean, these boys, this is an amazing story. It tells me when God wants to protect you, he can protect you. Hey, y'all got least, did, did you think about the fact the only thing that happened to those boys when they were in there is they get to speak to the Son of God? And then secondly, watch this. The ropes all burned off. You ever just thought about that? The specific way God said, I will let some fire touch a certain spot of you. Rope, 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 burn, 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 burn. The rest of them, nothing. Are you kidding me? God's amazing. This story's amazing. God allowed these things to happen to remind us when I want to make sure man knows I'm in charge, I can do that. When I, I, every now and then, I just have to let man know that I rule. This is a good way to do it. Man and woman sometimes get that out of perspective. And then I told you he was all over the place. Look what he did. Ready? Y'all are the audience. Ready? He goes, everyone listen to me. These three boys have just stood toe-to-toe with me, and they have defied me, the king. And I'm declaring to you today what I have just witnessed. These three boys, their God is the God of all gods. And all of you in the room, listen to me right now. Either you surrender and serve their God or I'll cut you to pieces. That's a pretty big switch in about two minutes. And it reminds me, can, can I just say this? It reminds me of how politics works. One day we're over here, and the next day we're over here, and the next day we're over here, and people are crying this day, and people are crying this day, and people are upset this day, and people are happy this day. And God's in heaven going, really? I think y'all missed the fact that I'm in charge. 
nothing happens that I don't allow to happen. And someday, y'all don't get that right now. Someday you will understand when you get where I am. Some of you have had things happen in your life even in the last couple of weeks. I'm thinking of my dear friends, the Gehrigs. I did Bob Gehrig's funeral standing on this stage just a week and one day ago, my dear friend. I don't get it. I was at their house yesterday, and here was my phrase as a pastor. I don't understand. And these are the moments where you have to remind yourself that even Jesus would sometimes have to remind us all, God is God. Things on this earth don't sometimes make sense. You are not living for the final vote on this earth. You're living for the final joyous day in heaven. Got to get that. So I was working on this sermon, honored again to join Pastor Craig. Jane and I had arrived home from a little drive. We'd gone out in Grand Rapids or something. We got home. It was raining. And I said to her, uh, I'm going to go for a little walk slash run. I don't want to say I go for a run because you think of Vibka when you think about running. She runs, she runs 50 miles. I run a fifth of a mile. Okay, I, I, I don't run like that. I run and walk in the rain. And on this day, it had started raining and Jane goes, honey, it's raining outside. I'm like, it'd be awesome. So I put on some shoes I didn't care about and some clothes I didn't care about and I started off and it's pouring rain. It feels good. I love it. People are stopping, a couple of people, neighbors and people recognize me. Dan, you need a ride? I'm like, no, I'm just running in the rain. They're like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I mean, no, I'm not normal, but I'm okay. <laughs> and the Lord laid this little thought on my heart working on this sermon. Dan, um, he didn't speak audibly or anything, but this is what just hit my mind and my heart. And I thought, this is how I want to close this message. Worship team's going to be heading out in a second. We're going to sing at the end of God's awesomeness and our love for him. But as I'm in the rain and just kind of doing my thing, the Lord's Spirit just kind of said, Dan, there will be people at church when you preach this message. And they, uh, there will be tons of them there who are all in with me, man. They're all in. They're like Shadrach, Meshach, and they're all in. They're ready. There are others who are nominal and thinking about it. Maybe grew up in church, toyed with church. Um, but somebody burned them or, you know, who knows. And they're going to listen to your story and they're going to say, yeah, that was the story Jesus probably told. But like with everything else for them and their feelings, I'm just going to share there. Like everything else, Christian, boy, everything always works out perfect for you guys, doesn't it? You stand up there and you get on stage and you wear your nice little outfit and you preach a sermon and everything's all rosy. Well, let me just tell you, it ain't rosy all the time in my life. I want to say to those of you who even look at me and say, yeah, that's what he's doing what he's supposed to do. Him and Jane traveling, they do what they're supposed to do. They get paid to preach. I do. I get paid good to preach. That's not why I do it. And, and their stories, they always were like, oh, the three boys go in the fiery furnace, but Jesus, Jesus is with them. And they come out and everything's fine. They don't even, oh, listen, they don't even smell smoky. I, I know, I know. It's, 
I, I bet that some of this story has actually irritated you. I get it. If it helps you, I've had those same thoughts. And the Lord, on this little walk slash run, reminded me, Dan, I want to show you something. Watch this. This is what he showed me. Dan, let's take the story, and though it doesn't end this way, we're going to flip it. Dan, I want you to tell the story that the three boys were put into the fiery furnace, and they were burned alive, and they died. Dan, I want you to, I want you to tell the story as if they died. What's the sermon you preach for me, Dan? And I remember I preached it on the walk, run, in the rain. Lord, if they all died, I would praise you in heaven because three young men were willing to stand for you and not submit to the society standards and the culture standards, and they were willing to die for the king of kings. And this is what the Lord laid on my heart that day. Tell everybody in the room, whether they live or whether they die, I still reign. God still rules. And that's what you need to do today. You need to, good grief, a song comes back to me that my mom sang when I was a little boy. Put your hand in the hand of the man who stills the waters. Put your hand in the hand of the man who calms the sea. Take a look at yourself and you will look at others differently. Put your hand in the hand of the man who calms the sea. I don't know what your life's like. I don't know what your fiery furnace looks like. But I know who reigns. Jesus Christ. I know who's more powerful than anyone we vote for. Jesus Christ. And I want us to be a group of people. (laughs) Let your life be a stomping ground for Jesus. Father God, thank you this morning for Jesus on the stump, for three Hebrew boys, for Bob Gerink, for those who have been people of faith. May we be faithful to carry on. Help us to remember, above everything else, God rules and God reigns. Would you join me in standing as we close singing worship song to God in praise?